This is weird. It's <laughs> weird. I'm usually on the other side. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man. This is strange. Oh, dude, this is this is cool. Um, well, let's go ahead and kick this thing off. You know, Phil, I've been fucking up the intro lately. I think you should do it. You be killing it. <laughs> <laughs> you do a pretty good job. Go all, right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, here we go. But you got to leave this in there. You got to leave all this in here, uh, Ryan. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. mean, just like the last episode, I was like, bet you won't. Bet you I will. Yeah, bet you I will. <laughs> I guess you don't check your edits. <laughs> they, go, they all go. Right on. Okay, here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Modern Day Sniper Podcast. And uh, this episode is pretty damn special. Uh, this is kind of like an anniversary episode here. Not necessarily an anniversary for the podcast, but no. an anniversary for... Uh, our good buddy here, Brian, and uh, the kickoff of our digital journey. Yes. Right? Oh my God. So um, without uh, without further ado, guys, um, if you are a first time listener to the Modern Day Sniper podcast, first time with us, welcome. Thank you for listening. And um, what the Modern Day Sniper podcast is all about is just the journey of us as consistent, constant students in the art and craft of long range shooting. And that doesn't really matter whether you're a professional military or law enforcement sniper, competitor, enthusiast, or a hunter. If you are like us and you're listening to this podcast, it means that you are constant students of this craft. And so welcome. And um, our special guest today is Brian Bear Butler. What's up, everybody? This is, this is pretty cool, man. Like, I was just telling him when I was driving up here, it was just like, the first time that I was driving up here from New Mexico, just like, I don't know who these people are. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. What like, Oh my God. Like, I have this opportunity. And I'm, and I'm about to go live with them. Yeah. I'm about to go live with strangers for three months in this trailer. Like, Holy shit. Like this was like, it was the biggest risk that I ever taken. I think in my life at that point. And and, and, and probably yours too. Oh, for sure. Probably yours too. Because sure. you had you had you know you had financials wrapped up in me. You're like, you don't even know who the fuck I am. Yeah. And here we are about to make content for three months. Yeah. And dude, we made a lot of content. We made a lot of content. We made a lot. So um, you know, Phil, Phil and I were planning on doing a podcast, and then um he and I was like, Hey, what what uh, what's on your mind today? And and he was like, Man, let's just have let's have Brian on. <laughs> And I was like, yes, let's do that. That sounds fantastic. So what's going on, Phil? We're, what's going on in Phil's world in Wyoming? What's up, guys? Uh, dude, no, I, I think it's uh, important for guys to, uh, to listen in and, uh, you know, um, just get another insight of uh, someone that is a part of the team, right? I, I think a lot of times everyone kind of thinks the you know, the team is just consists of Kalen and myself and Cass, but, you know, Brian, I, I believe is a big part of the team, you know, although he's kind of doing stuff on his own, but he's still, you know, still active with us. Um, and, uh, you know, he's the one that, so Brian is a guy that ed edits our podcasts because Kalen and I definitely don't have time for that shit. <laughs> uh, and he does a great, great job at it. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to, um, get, you out there, Brian, to our, uh, our listeners, because again, it's a big, it's just one big family, man. And, and, uh, I'm definitely excited to, uh, to, uh, get, uh, behind, you know, who Brian Butler is oh, and, and how, and, oh, and where, and where, you know, the, the leap of faith took you now considering, I mean, you doing modern day sniper, 
was the first time you've kind of ever done anything in the firearms industry, correct? Yeah. And to be honest, this, this was my first gig doing video work that being like, like a top tier passion of mine to just create content with people that are also extremely passionate about what they do. And clearly we all know Kalen's extremely passionate about rifles and we connected immediately and it just all made sense. And it's, it's, I tell people all the time, like I started my actual video career in Yakima because of modern day sniper. And that's how my story always begins and always will begin. That's cool, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Dude, it's, it's just mind-boggling how it worked out. We, um, it's really bizarre. Like, this is where it all started. But this yeah. wall back here, this wasn't this. It was, it was, uh, it was CDX board. And, yeah. and um, we were like, man, you know what? That would look good as a background. Let's oh, go yeah. do that. <laughs> and it was at, the, at your shooting range, too. We're like, there's a pile of wood just sitting there. Let's go grab it. Pop, 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 yeah. pop. Next thing you know, we got a, we got a set, yep. basically, for the, um, what was all the stuff? The circle of components. I yeah. mean, you guys have probably seen it already, like. Mm-hmm. that was the way to go in my opinion. yeah because we started with we started rifle cleaning um with the the uh the cdx wall yeah we did yeah it so, didn't didn't translate well onto camera it didn't a lot, it a lot of really orange. yellow and orange yeah and just, just too much orange you had to yeah. separate skin in the things sure. and stuff yeah man so um when we just to give you guys a, a, a background on on Brian and how this all shook down, we kind of touched on this a little bit with the um, with our podcast with the uh, Just F and Send It podcast not too long ago. But um, just to recap for our listeners, if you didn't catch that one, um, so Brian, we decided at Modern Day Sniper, um, Cass and I, that the digital age is where we needed to start directing our attention. And we did that. We, we did that a couple of different ways. And, um, Cassandra's freaking brilliant when it comes to that shit, she's oh been God, yeah. studying it for years and she just, she saw this as an opportunity to just be like, all right, man, my shit is going to work. Yep. And we looked at it and it was like, absolutely. Let's, let's go, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And so I needed somebody to, I needed somebody that knew what they were doing to create a really, really high quality product. Um, we had seen tons of people do online training in our space, but I just wanted to do it a little bit differently. And I shouldn't even say tons. It's not the right word. It's like maybe a dozen people that I know do online training in the space. Right. That's it. Yeah. It's not much. Um, it's not much because it's not easy to do. No, this is hard work. It's you can't, you can, I mean, you can take your iPhone and you can go out and you can get yourself a Patreon account and you can go Mm -hmm. do that stuff. Um, but we just wanted to do it different. And so, um, I wanted it to be super high quality and like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'd been on a ton of video projects. I'd been on like major video productions for like national rifle association and, freaking 32 man sets i mean like crew sets it was like holy shit so i knew that there was a lot to it i just didn't understand like what to be looking for what questions to ask anything like and so Cass ended up throwing out um kind of like a fishing line and used a company called upwork Mm -hmm. to locate a contractor yep and I believe we were looking for podcast editing at the time. Wasn't That's it? exactly how it started, which is hilarious. And I, I actually use that story a lot when people ask me, how do I find remote work? Like, how did you do that? Uh-huh. And I, and it always starts off with waking up in a Walmart parking lot in Alamogardo, New Mexico, <laughs> just like self-loathing, like, oh my God, I'm running out of money. I have no work. 
I need to do something today. Like today I need to do something and it was find a new podcast client. And then I went on to Upwork, which I used before and you guys popped up and I and just, it Dude. just felt right. Cause you guys were like doing outdoor stuff. I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to do outdoor stuff and just mm-hmm. be outside and film stuff. And the typing of the proposal just came naturally to me because it was, it was based out of passion. It came from my heart and, mm-hmm. and, and we Cass, saw that. We yeah, saw you that guys sure. saw that immediately. And, you even responded as such too, like weeding through everyone else. You're like, wow, you're the realest guy on this list right totally. now. And I was like, whoa, that's, I've never, <laughs> I never have had like praise like that. Cause I've always worked, you know, different jobs than this, but I mean, that's really how it started. January 15th is that, that day I believe I woke up with like just a burning passion to just find someone yeah. to work for that, like that we can vibe together. Well, we, well, we were getting ready to go to shock show. Yeah. And, um, it was like, okay, we've, we've committed to this. Um, now we need to figure out how to build it. Right. We gotta, we gotta figure out how we're going to do it. And, um, we released our first podcast episode, January 24th. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty much the, you know, how our relationship started. But then we did, you know, from the online training stuff that we decided that we were going to pull the trigger on, we were just like, Hey, that's where I upsold myself. And this is where like the story comes in with how to um, gain more work was letting you know what else I can do just exactly. in case there was something else. And I, I tell that to a lot of folks now, like, you know, just talk to someone passionately about everything that you love and you never know what they can offer you. Mm-hmm. And you guys were able to offer me a lot. And I was like, holy shit, is this even real? Like, wow. Good for you, man. Like, I'm super pumped. I mean, this, this is obviously turned into like a lifelong friendship. Oh my you God. Know, yeah. For, no, you're you're literally a part of my family. <laughs> like literally you, like you would come, like, it would be funny. If you just were a three month long house guest. So, oh yeah. And I'm, I'm um, sure, who knows? It could probably happen again. Sure. And you know, it was, it was a lot of fun and we were able to, to knock out a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. Um, and we like learning so much about Dude. how the process goes and like, okay, we did it that way. That was super fucking painful. Mm-hmm. Let's not do that again. <laughs> and so it's cool to just learn along the way and see how things shake out. Um, and you know, you've taught me a ton about being able to capture on my own mm-hmm. without you being here. Cause you're doing your thing. And you've had a ton of other chapters opened up as a result of this, which I can't wait to Dude. hear about. Wow. Um, but I needed enough to, to be like, all right, man, bye, Brian. Yeah. Don't go too yeah. far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm need you. So, uh, yeah, man, it was just a blast. And, and I think we did a lot of, we did a lot of personal growth together, uh, as well. Oh my dude. personal expansion. So you just leading by example, like, I feel like I became a man. Like I, I, I was raised by women my whole life. You know, like I lived at home most of my life and I'm, and I'm okay with saying that I don't care. And being out on my own, this is my first time being out on my own, like mm-hmm. for real. So like I learned, this is how resilient I was. I gained so much confidence and just in what I was doing, I just had, I had to literally learn to be a man and just like deal with the punches that came about. And any question you had, I had to do research and figure it out and answer those questions. There's no one holding my hand on this one. Like, right. and it was amazing. And, you know, when, like when both of us needed hands held, we had cast right there, like yep. wonderfully guiding us, which is like, man, that was 
that's what we need. Sometimes. She's really good at what she does, man. <laughs> yeah. She's really good at what she does. And, and like, we, we do, we, we talk about cast a lot just because it's important to let you guys know, all of the listeners know that like, she is a major driving force behind everything that you guys see, everything you hear, all the customer interactions. Um, that's, that's her. So, and she's like largely responsible for, um, the look and the feel of the brand and, mm -hmm. and how to bring all that together. So, um, she's a branding junkie. So if any of y'all are out there trying to kick off your, kick off your next new jam, Cass is a gangster and, uh, she'll help you out. She'll help you out. So, um, let us know. And it's, just been a ton of fun dude like the learning curve the experience of like it's like hey dude we're we gotta get this done like now i now i understand it because like close the loop on yes. on the fact that okay i've we've hired somebody to come here and do this right and and we need to get this work done yes period end of story and uh we did and i think we did a fantastic job like the the edits and everything like we just worked together really seamlessly we really did it was, easy, it was easy to sit down and watch that, that, that notes, notes, notes. All right. See you later. Boop, 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 boop. Reconvene. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. Yep. Like you can't ask for a better work relationship yeah, than exactly. that. So, which is really nice. Yeah. So like you've been on a crazy journey up, up until like after, let's see, you left, you left our house on June 1st. Yeah. All right. Cause you stayed this was the week that you got here last year. Yep, March first March, week of the week. Yeah, March second, first, third, first of the month. Yeah, wild. Um, and then you stayed March, April, all of May, yep. and then you left June first. Yep. And so you had a pretty wild ride this summer, and I did. <laughs> so, so tell me about that. Man, I was I was living in a Honda Element, by the way, <laughs> and uh, I just drove the piss out of that thing everywhere. And that's when every right after that I went to Ted's. Went to Ted's oh, place, yeah. American Rapid Company, and that's and that's where I learned some valuable life skills. Um, which is besides the point. It was great working with him. It's cool to see his operation. Yeah. It was just so wild to watch a man that is so intelligent run around the machines and do the things and like make like I call him the Elon Musk of rifles. That's what I call him. Because yeah, that's pretty much it's pretty that's accurate. pretty much him, dude. It's pretty accurate. Like, that's pretty that's pretty accurate. <laughs> I, I can I can I can step behind that. Right. Oh, for sure. Like it's really wild to see all that happen he was really nice to me and stuff and you know but at the same time it's like it goes back to the vibing again like sure. that really showed me like wow like me and me and him can't really vibe like that because he's on this whole like crazy level of intelligence mm -hmm. and like i'm not with him on that level <laughs> at all how many are not at all so it's like wow like i can't i can't like i can't work with people like this and i'm I, that's when i started learning about like that it's just that relationship of working with people. Yep. It's and like, then, hey, dude, this is this is probably not going to work. Yes. Yeah. It just wasn't wasn't driving well. Um, and then speaking of vibes again, um, that's the, in between that and the Teton thing is when I started working for Tiny Home Tours on YouTube, and I vibe very well with the owner of that, which is how I have this bus right now because mm -hmm. it belongs to Tiny Home Tours, and he he gives people opportunities to live that life. And since I'm one of the videographers for the company, he's like, here's a bus. You could use it for six months or however long you want. And at the moment they're building another bus for me because I keep just moving up the rungs basically. That bus will go to a new videographer, someone who's looking to live the nomadic lifestyle but doesn't have the funds to buy his own van or her own van or whatever. Mm -hmm. and it's like, here, here's a start. Here's a platform, just like you gave to me. He's yep. giving to other people as well, which is mm -hmm. absolutely amazing that that's even happening. Yep. And then, yeah, once I got wrapped up into that, I was just 
burning, turning tiny home tours. People living in vans, people living in buses, people you know, all sorts of shit, <laughs> like cool, all man. over the place. And, you know, I came back here and visited cause I was working yeah. around here doing tiny homes and stuff. And then, um, yeah. And then he gave me the, the, the big call about the Teton. Huh? Yeah. I was like, Whoa, this is some high I, level I stuff. I twisted Ian's arm, man. I just went, Ooh, what do you think, man? You want to film this thing or what? I yeah. bet I, I'm sure he's happy you did now because I've went and done four, I think three more things with Ian now. Good. And Good. we're like best buds and I stayed at his house and stuff. He's like, pretty damn funny. Dude, I love Ian so much. And that was, that was an, a crazy experience in the Teton. Yeah, dude, like, that was, well, that was your first, wasn't that your first like legit hunting trip? Yeah. <laughs> My first talk, hunting trip is in the Grand Teton National Park. Right? Talk to us about that, Brian. Like what, what, I guess going into it, what did you expect, you know, with it, you know, with being an outsider in the industry, like what were your experiences or I guess, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like pre-notions and then what was expectations and stuff like that mm, for, yeah. uh, for your hunt. So my, my first initial thought about when I was asked to do it was, Oh my God, this is going to hurt. <laughs> this is going to hurt. Cause I'm hanging out you know, with a bunch of savages. I'm like, I'm just little old me. Like, I like I, I back, I've been backpacking for a decade now. And like, you know, I can run up and down a mountain and stuff. And actually I was weirdly, you did great. Man. I was for some reason when I was in bend, um, two almost a month prior to you asking me for some reason my body was just like we need to work out right now and i was running up and down this mountain that was 1500 feet in two miles i did it for 12 days in a row i was just for some reason i just felt like i needed to work out and i'm glad i did because i would have died in tetons otherwise <laughs> but it just happened to work out that way and and when we got there it wasn't even close to that we were it was more yeah, just it wasn't that bad no like we all think that it's going to be the worst case scenario, but mm -hmm. once we get there, like, oh, it wasn't as bad as we thought. Yeah. And I'm really, really starting to understand that when it comes to backcountry hunting, like, like if anyone's thinking of doing it for the first time, like it's really not that bad. It's just like backpacking, except. You just have to, you just have to really think about the decisions that you make more so yeah. as a, as a backcountry hunter than you would just like a trail backpacker. Exactly. Like, yeah, you just said there's one more element to it. And now just one more thing to think about, which is not a big deal. And, you know, if you go train with Kaylin, you'll know all the answers to those things, which is really awesome. And, and you've taught me a lot, even just hanging out in the backcountry with, with Donnie that one day and just learning how to like cross across, like going down these steep things that I suck at walking on. I watched you guys, how you were doing it. And I'm like, oh, that's how they're doing it. And I started doing <laughs> it. I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. So now I'm like a goat now. This is pretty great. Yeah. That's one of the reasons we love the backcountry hunter course. Yeah. So. Keep going, man. Let's hear, um, let's hear more about the Tetons. Man, that was, that was so crazy over there. Um, just, yeah, just every day walking off trail. That was, that was a big one for me. Cause being just a normal backpacker, you're always on trail. Mm -hmm. You're always following, following the trails around doing your thing. But we were like, we're going to places no one has probably ever been to in the history of human beings, <laughs> like guaranteed, especially that, um, that glacier Moraine or whatever, that little, that little pond we saw who the yep. hell's been up there probably you know what i mean like yeah not that unless was... you're gonna try to bag one of those one of those crags back up in there oh seriously and then boulder hopping what a thousand feet just to get there <clears throat> yep good god but it was all it was all worth it and bringing like one camera i had an osmo pocket which is this little thing and an iphone like and we made this pretty cool little movie that yep. is uh, it's on recoil tv right now and we're about to launch it very soon so wait that's all you brought Actually, is an osmo and a phone and my EOSR. 
Oh, okay. I was going to say, yeah. dang. <laughs> no, I, the, the EOS R did a lot of the work. Okay. The 24 okay. to the 105 lens, which is a workhorse lens for anyone. Like Beast. that thing will do everything you want. And, and that was my first time in the backcountry filming something like that. And I was like, man, how am I logistically going to do this? And ended up bringing just like a little 28 watt solar panel, my battery bank in, I brought, I think three batteries and I would run through two batteries a day. They would charge overnight mm -hmm. in the tent, keep it with me to keep it warm, obviously, because batteries like to die when it's cold. And it worked flawlessly every day. Like yeah. I was kind of surprised by how easy it was to manage camera gear in the backcountry. So like if anyone's going out to do their backcountry hunting and you're bringing your own cameras, I highly recommend bringing a 28 watt solar panel first off, a nice battery bank, like a 20, um, was that thing the the mega amps or whatever 20,000 mega amps or whatever the hell it's called i don't even know and bring that and then just a charger that you can usb into there and you're gonna have power for days mm -hmm. with that yeah we've when we went to uh we did the everest trip in 2016 that whole trip was captured with a sony a6400 with uh, a very small um shotgun mic mm -hmm. and uh a couple lenses yeah like that's all jake took yeah and he like the shit that came from that trip was mm -hmm. unbelievable it's it's really showing you you don't you don't really need these giant red cameras anymore in the backcountry and even like the canon c70 right now the the their cinema camera it's it's the size of a big dslr sony just came out with the new cinema cam i saw the a1 or whatever mm -hmm. dude look how small it is i know even i was like Hmm. <laughs> I hate Sony's. <laughs> I don't hate Sony. I just, I like the interface and the workings of a Canon. It's, I always relate it to like a Sony's kind of like an Android and Canon's like, sure. Apple. It's just Canon sure. specifically only does cameras. And mm -hmm. I, I like that, but yeah, like it's like, it's very small and it's going to capture insane footage that it's just cinematic stuff. And well, it's like, you got Phil said it the other day, he brought up a great point. Um, history proofing, right. Ooh, yeah. History proofing your, your, your content, mm -hmm. you know, making sure that if you can capture in 4k, yep. if you can work in 4k, mm -hmm. you have that capability that you need to do that. Yeah. And 4k nowadays is really all you need. Like my buddy's got a 6k Z cam, which is a little box. That's a cinema camera and 6k is cool. It's, I would probably use it in the backcountry just to be able to zoom in and punch in and post mm -hmm. just in case you like mess up a frame. You can actually readjust with 6k and you can readjust with 4k as well, but not, not as clear as 6k basically. Mm -hmm. But even like our phones and TVs nowadays are barely 4k still. So, I mean, yeah, don't sweat it about the K's just get the 4k. And just go take, just go, just go live your shit and capture your adventures. Yeah. It's all about the, it. the story, 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 story. And that was another thing when we got to T-Town. So I'm like, how am I going to tell this freaking story? Obviously, <laughs> very linearly, obviously. But then it's like, you can take things and, and move them around sure. however you want. And that was, a, I thought about that pretty much the whole time was just like, how am I going to tell an epic story of this hunt that we're doing? And it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Mm -hmm. Well, and, the, and look at the hunting, look at the hunting capture market. <laughs> it's like, there's, there's like one side of it that's like uber FUD super like nobody cares about that stuff anymore to the ultra like cinematic donnie vincent type stuff yeah yeah and there's really a whole there's not a whole lot in between there no. and like i think more and more people are doing it just because the accessibility of the equipment and yes. the, the knowledge and like the ability to go on youtube and just be like hey man um this da vinci 17 black magic thing teach me how to use this shit yeah and within a week, 
if you dedicated a week to learning that platform, mm-hmm. boom, you're done. That's you're it. off to the races. Yeah. But what you don't always have is the creativity. That's the you have thing. to have that creativity. You have to have the ability to tell the story. Like we, and that's something that Philip and I talk about all the time when it comes to shooting and it comes to the equipment in shooting. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, we say like, Hey, it's like, you can have a $10,000 rifle, but you're not going to get that $10,000 out of it. If you're a $10 shooter. Yes. So I see that a lot with camera gear and you got to be creative. Yeah. And you can't force creativity whatsoever like going like donnie gave me such great advice when we're hanging out with him he's like capture everything and that has stuck with me ever since mm-hmm. and when we were in the tetons i was like all right i'm filming fucking everything everything's good <laughs> everything's gonna build i don't care where it's going how it's gonna work i'm filming everything and like i filled up a few cards and i'm glad i filmed everything because i had more than enough footage to tell the proper sure. story and and that's bled into um for example after the teton hunt when Here's another like tip as well for like folks that are looking for remote work and just opportunities are always in front of you at all times. You just have to be able to see them. And it was like, you introduced me to Ian, him and I kicked it off right away. And near the end of that, we started talking about the San Juan hunt. I was like, Hey, can I come to just hang out? Mm-hmm. Just go backpacking. He's right. like, oh, of course, come on. And so I actually went there and I met up with them. We camped and we did the thing and I was there just vlogging. I was just vlogging. I wasn't even trying to do anything because Cal was there. And he had his camera, so I'm like, hey, they're doing their thing. I'm just going to vlog and have a good time because I have go. to do it for I have to do it for tiny home tours anyways. That's part of the deal with the bus. I do vlogs, and then it gets put on the channel. It helps pay for the bus. So I'm like, this is going to be a great opportunity to do these things. So I started doing it, and at the end of the trip, um, they ended up using all my footage and turned it into a TV show. Look at you, man. I was like, wait, what? Hey, <laughs> that's <laughs> freaking bad. And he offered me the job. And then listen to this gang, listen to him being a gangster over here, like just bringing work in, manifesting shit all over the place. <laughs> it's, it's, it just goes back to just seeing an opportunity and nurturing the relationship with everybody. But it's so natural for us to do that. It's like, it's just a no-brainer sure. almost, you know. I'm like, and with Ian, it's so easy because we just get along and we just had a great time and and vlogging and all that and what I was capturing, which just came natural mm-hmm. and it and it turned into a really great story, which you can see on Recall TV. It's called the Great Western States Hunt or something like that. And I even had drone footage there. I was actually like really insanely proud. Yeah, where we got where we were camping that that couple nights mm-hmm. that was just right off the edge Dude, of the park. So you can catch you can do some drone work. That's such a great spot. That, <clears throat> that is badass. I'm, we're we're gonna go back through there and we're debating on we're taking this big epic road trip in March. Um, Phil and I are gonna go down to SoCal and, and teach a couple classes. And so Luke's homeschooled. Yeah. Cass and I are just remote workers anyways. So we're just going to load the camp trailer up and do like a month on the road. Dude, hell yeah. And I, we're thinking about going back up through that way. God, it's so beautiful up there. And now you know the spot. Like, can't really tell everyone that spot because when we were there, it was already packed. Like, oh, yeah. people already know that spot. And it's, kinda, sure. it's hard to get to. You, you don't find it on the map. It's just one of those things when you travel so much like I do, you just figure it out you know it's interesting because there are a lot of people that are um really super interested in the field craft aspect of things when it comes to you know modern day sniper and a lot of people have been asking for that sort of thing um and and it's truly being a lost art but like as an example finding that campsite like knowing what to look for when it comes to hey i'm 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 around a national park there's probably going to be national forest lands on the borders of or around a national park. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't want to spend money and sleep in the park, nor do I want to spend money and, and stay in Jackson. Right. That which is cost you an arm and a leg. Fucking crazy. It's like $300 a night. So, and, and like, you don't want to do the whole normal campsite thing and no. pay to do the thing. No, nah, man, you start looking for logging roads and you go oh, yeah. up, drive up logging roads. Exactly. Like you grab the local map of the mm -hmm. forest service. Mm -hmm. Like this is that field craft stuff that, that I think a lot of people ask about. And it's not just synonymous with camouflage and stalking and land navigation. It's like, it's just like basic self-sufficient skills. Yes. Basic skills of that. Those are your basic field skills. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say so, Phil? Yeah. I mean, I'm like thinking in my head right now, like, what i mean I, I wish i wasn't um a big p word but i'd go out right now and in, in wyoming and and capture just again like what you talked about understanding topographical uh, understanding how to reterrain and stuff like that and you know e even when i went on my hunt right and, and again i i talked about this in a previous podcast but what was able to tie everything together on my hunt was because I actually planned for it myself. You know what I mean? Figuring out, okay, what trail did I want to take? What, you know, what high ground did I want to try? And then it all worked out. Right. And uh, it, it just goes back to when we were snipers, right. Just having that ability to plan And, and Brian, you even brought up a great point before uh, what you were talking about your, your gear list, you know, thinking about, okay, because you're a professional in your craft, thinking about, okay, what gear do I need to be able to capture this information? I think that's super important. You know, it just goes back to proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance in it. And you see with these guys, a lot of guys all the time is they don't know how to, you know, properly plan for an event or whatever the case might be, but it just, it just comes down to experience. You know what I mean? Experience and just getting out there and doing it. I mean, you can read all these YouTube videos and, and stuff like that, but if you just consume all this information, and don't actually go out and apply it, you're never going to learn. And that's one thing I'm learning about the videography aspect of, uh, of it. You know um, it's like, I watch all these content creators and stuff like that. And, and then at, at some point I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to go do it, go do it myself and see. And I've learned just more about my ability. I mean, just like going to like Kayla and I talked about going to a precision rifle competition. I mean, you can, you can take all the instruction in the world, but until you're out there by yourself doing it, you're, you're really not going to learn about your own ability. It's totally true. Yeah. It's, I mean, and so like just the, just the basic skills of that, like trying to find those campsites and, mm -hmm. and things that are just off the beaten path and, yeah. and like living that, like <clears throat> you living that, um, that type of lifestyle, which like, I think it's a whole other topic into itself. Um, and I guess I don't want to hijack the the rest of the Tetons or whatever else you had going on in the summertime, mm -hmm. but I think like it ties into a lot of personal growth and a lot of personal development because it just kind of brings everything full circle. Yeah, man. Like, like it, it's easy to kind of just drive and wander around, but then it's another thing to like learn how to be a nomad. Like there is a skill to, doing those things and there is a skill to oh that's a national forest road if i just keep following that i'll run into a campsite eventually or just just having like the the awareness of being in those areas you just know you can camp there and you know you can't camp there there, there is like an ethics to it and you have to obviously follow some rules and then you learn how different states have different rules as well like mm -hmm. where you can't sure. you can't just like pull into a national forest and just camp on the side of the road you have to find a desert you have to find like a firing or something like that. Yep. And some places like in, in Bend, for example, where I spent a lot of my time in the Deschutes National Forest, 
um, you can just drive right in and just make a spot and just camp right there. Same like, thing here. You exactly. can do yeah, whatever like you want. Different states do different things. And here I noticed that too, when you showed me those, um, some of those backcountry stuff and I'd go back there and just look at my Google map and be like, all right, there's all these logging roads and you can see turnoffs and you just learn all these little things mm-hmm. and you can just become like super, super good at just finding the most rad camping spots that most people would never go to because it doesn't tell you that, Hey, this is a camping spot. Yep. You just eventually figure out how to do that. And that could really fit really well into backcountry hunting if you're going out for the first time because now you're well versed in like oh i know how this works i can just follow this road and yep. probably no one's been down mm-hmm. there's probably gonna be elk down there yep and off you go yeah and the farther away that, that is one thing that we are noticing though that that it used to be you know a few a few years ago that um if you were probably about four or five miles away from a trailhead, you were pretty much completely by yourself. Yeah. Like completely by yourself. And if you did see somebody, it was probably somebody on horseback, mm-hmm. um, you know, a packer bringing in, you know, doing a drop camp for somebody. Right. But now, man, I mean, we're seeing, we're seeing a lot more people in the mountains. A lot more people are learning how to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, I think it's freaking badass. I mean, people complain about it people complain about it though there's more people in the mountains okay yeah that's fine but guess what there's more fucking people on the planet dude (laughs) so (laughs) like we've we're we're rapidly losing these these resources but at the same time everybody wants to go shoot an elk right yeah so i don't know pick your pick your battle right i think that's pretty i think it's pretty good though because it makes people have to try harder to get out there you know like it shouldn't be it shouldn't be handed to you on a silver platter like you, you should have to bust your ass walk 10 miles into the backcountry, set up camp and you know just deal with it kind of thing it's one of those things where it's like the ultimate like you said it's the ultimate self-reliance and yeah. the fact that you're the fact that you're living you know um a lifestyle that is very different than than societal norms mm-hmm. um and a lot of people are starting to do that is that, I mean, it's dude, the, cause of COVID hundreds of people are building out buses, vans, living in their cars. Everyone's starting to do this thing that I'm doing. And it's my, the thing that I'm doing is now becoming normal. <laughs> like it's kind of, it's kind of wild to see it happen. And a lot of the people that I go tour, the usual thing is, Oh, we started this build during the quarantine. It's right. a quarantine build. I'm like, mm-hmm. Holy fuck. Like everyone's doing this now, but after about a year, I started seeing people start tapering off though, because it is not easy living like this. Like I have to find my own water. I have to, you know, find out where I can get propane filled. And, you know, like, luckily I have like a refrigerator and solar and I have all these things that I can, I have like in a house, but you have to go out and get it yourself. Like mm-hmm. I have to stop at gas stations sometimes, but Hey, do you have potable water I can use? And I have to set up the whole thing and fill up my 46 gallon tank. I have to like be very, you know, I have to use my water very little and same thing with the propane and all those things. And if it's cloudy out, I have to use less power now. And it's, and for some folks that are not used to struggling, they're going to quit sooner. And I, I'm seeing more and more people now transitioning back to apartment life because they just are tired of, struggling basically and well i think that's that's really interesting you bring that up because like going like say going into the mountains as an example Mm -hmm. like you go into the backcountry um like there's no free anything right you're working for everything that you have Mm -hmm. and so 
is really crazy because there are a lot of people that look at that and they're like, Oh hell no, that's like, yeah. that's way too much work. Right. And, and I just look at that and I go, dude, that's where I feel the most at home. Same. I want the most simple life possible. Like it's not complicated. It's not complicated at all. Right. And I think that's one of the, one of the things that I get out of being in the mountains uh, now it, at, at my age, because I think perspective changes as you, as oh, yeah. you have more life experience and you do more things, you just go more places, see more things. Um, now, like I look, I look at it more as an opportunity to just get back to the basics. Yes. Get back to the basics of a very simplistic lifestyle that, that more and more people are truly getting uh, more and more disconnected from oh dude like i was like i was just in chicago filming a movie and i and that's all i thought about was how disconnected everyone is from actual reality which is in nature nature mm -hmm. is real reality to me at least like mm -hmm. there's no signs there's just there's no right angles there's just nature mm -hmm. and that's where humans feel the most alive primitively in my opinion um and and I also noticed the longing I had for it, like being in a city. I was like, oh my God, I need trees. I had, I was having <laughs> dreams. I was having dreams of water and rivers and lakes and streams and animals and the smell of pine and dirt between my toes. Like I was having dreams of these things right. and it's so ingrained in us and we've removed it so far away from ourselves. It's like, holy shit, like who the fuck are we now? Yeah, it's really, it's bizarre, like coming out of the mountains after, after, you know, a, a long trip yeah. <laughs> and, and you go and you, and you like your background people again. Yeah. That's for me, the, the, the craziest it's the part. part. It's really the hardest part. Um, it's funny. I just went to Texas and, uh, when I left, I was like, I told Cass, I said, um, I said, um, I'll tell you, I'll text you and let, let you know how my adventure into the matrix went <laughs> literally. Cause like, that's what it feels that's like. That's what it feels like, man. You go to an airport nowadays. Oh, it's so crazy. It's, not it's so crazy. It's not fun, man. Um, it's yeah. Never mind. That, that could be a, that could be a, a, <laughs> I mean, it's a rabbit hole. We can a go giant down rabbit hole. <laughs> um, so, so tell me more about your, your experiences hunting this year. Cause you went on a couple trips with yeah, Ian like how what was that all what was that like for you it felt so natural to me and and actually before even coming here i was i was doing wildlife photography for three years mm -hmm. so I was, I was basically kind of doing the same thing i'm just shooting it with a different tool mm -hmm. essentially mm -hmm. but then actually getting back there with with you and ian like true true like hunting professionals and seeing how you guys talk and navigate and wind and this i'm like holy mother fuck there's so much to this i mm -hmm. thought it was like we just go in the woods find a deer fucking <laughs> not even close <laughs> not even close you gotta work out you gotta eat right you gotta pre-plan even before getting there yeah. how much food do i have to bring how much water do we have is there water around like what's the weather gonna be like we had smoke there for a few days yep. and then and then the last part of the trip it got nasty again it snowed on our way out which mm -hmm. thank god we got out while that happened and like i was just that was a wake-up call and like holy shit this is really really hard and the same thing happened to us in the San Juans. Like we got there, it was 46 and sunny. We're like, this is great. We're gonna have a great time hunting elk. Boom, snow, 15 degrees. Everything's frozen solid. Like it was, it was miserable, but at the same time, like looking back at it, it's type two fun. It's just like, mm -hmm. I'm so glad that I did that. Yep. And struggled with these guys. And we all created this bond, like Jordan and Ian and in um, Forrest. Like 
we talk all the time now like jordan was just texting me the other day like we still all communicate all the time and it and that that's what those experiences will do to you like you just bond together because that's all you have you just have each other and nature is just kicking your ass at all times yep. and unfortunately i had to leave there before they got an elk but I, I really got to see what it was to backcountry hunt and be off trail follow the elk trails and watch ian kind of do his like magic back there and it was just for someone who's never done that before i'm like wow this is more people need to respect the guys that do this instead of just shitting on them like or you're out there killing animals. It's like, it's not even close to killing animals. Like it's yep. so much there, more. There is that there definitely is that. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's getting, I I'll tell you this, man, it's getting harder and harder to watch, um, watch more of the stuff on social media when it comes to the, to the hunting side of the house, it just gets more and more difficult to watch. And I try to like, I, I've, I've kind of like curtailed a lot of it just because, um, yeah, it just doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit what, uh, it just doesn't fit like my thoughts on, on like, a, it's not a judgmental thing at all. It's more along the lines of that. It's just uh, not, not my thing. Yeah. So, so like you experienced, unfortunately, like we didn't get a chance to, uh, retrieve the goat in, right. in Grand Teton, but you were able to witness the process. Like, yep. and that was a long range shot. That was a long range shot. That was a 734 yard that shot. Insanely impressive. So but it was like, you got to see how that process went from start to finish from the time we, the instant we located the animal mm -hmm. to trying to figure out, okay, when, when is the most opportune time to take the shot? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and in that situation, we had, we lucked out because the, he, he would kind of laying down and went to sleep. Yeah. That's, that's so you had enough time to set up. Yeah. Like, so that was part of the, that was part of it. But in other hunting situations, when it comes to recording that, like you have to be Johnny on the spot. You have a chance contact with something. And let's just say that that animal was headed to a bend around a rock point, And mm -hmm. I had less than two minutes to shoot. Right. Him. So things change real fast, but yeah. you got a chance to go to Texas, right? Yep. Yeah. And I went to um, T diamond ranch it's called. And that was my first time at a ranch like that kind of shooting fish in a barrel, if you will. And I'm glad I had that experience because now I know that's not how I want to hunt. Perfect. Ever. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's a paid gig. We have to go do it. It's part of work and you know, whatever. And, and you, and you just saying that with the, like, you don't have time sometimes. And like, we are out there five in the morning, freezing our asses off, sitting on top of a precipice, just like literally shaking. It was so fucking cold out. And I had cameras set up into where I was hoping a deer would go. And that's the thing I was like, and that's where I learned from wildlife photography. I always set up my camera where I want the animal to pass through because I like the way that image looks. And uh, these things run feeders. As soon as seven o'clock hit, fucking dinner bell rang. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't want to film that. Like, because Ian's also like in the same boat as us. He doesn't want to show this fucking stupid fence and feeder. We want the animal to look as natural as it can look. Mm -hmm. And that's how I set up the shot. And, you know, like luckily the animal did walk into that portion of the shot. But at the same time, I don't have four arms, so I couldn't film yep. Ian shooting and I couldn't film the animal at the yeah. same fucking time. So I'm like, all right, game day decision. What do I do? Think back to all the hunting things I've ever watched in my life. Let's just see the animal get taken on this because it's for meat. Yep. And that made more sense to film that. And like for our instance with the goat, I wanted to film you doing the, sh the shooting because it was a long shot. And 
I'm sure people would get more value out of like senior body position, the mechanics and how and your fundamentals and how all that works. But then with this different project, it's like, now it's more on the animal. Mm -hmm. And luckily I made the right choice. Um, 4k 60 frames a second, just filming this animal with 600 millimeters. And you can just see that bullet go right through both lungs and heart walk 20 yard or ran 20 yards, hung a left that just gone. It was like, Good shot, Ian. <laughs> have you that? Speaking of that, you said didn't go twenty. Have you seen? Have you heard of Rut Daniels on Instagram? No, that sounds hilarious, though. Dude, being a fellow East Coaster, yeah. you need to go look up Rut, Rut Daniels. Daniels. All right, didn't go twenty. That's hilarious. You're gonna shit yourself. <laughs> you get it's your. It'll be an endless pit. Like, oh. like, you know, you find those YouTube vids where it's yes. just an endless, oh my God, same thing. It's like Letter Kenny. It's oh like, no. It's, it's, like, it's like Letter Kenny. Yeah. I'm going to get sucked down that hole for sure. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, that was, that was the first animal that I went up to and was like, oh fuck, this animal's dead now. Like it was kind of heavy mm-hmm. and you know, like, and, but again, watching Ian lead by example, like respecting the space, respecting the animal, doing this thing. I'm like, that's beautiful. Like that's what I want to do too. I don't want to just be this gripping grin and motherfucker. I want to like, like I'm 27% native American. You know what I mean? Like it's in me to just like take care of the land and the animals. Like that's what I want to do. That's why I want people to see that I'm not out there just go bagging animals or anything. Like this is like a process and it's a process that, that, that needs to be respected. hundred million percent. That's all human beings have been doing for 200,000 years. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure at the same time when, a human a hundred thousand years ago was killing an animal they're probably thinking the same thing like either a thank god we have food and like thank you animal for even being there like, yeah no kidding and it, it, i feel like it has to be that way if we want this to continue on the rest of our rest of the human race if you sure. will like yeah like we can't keep having all these like crazy hunting channels like oh we're in a deer stand go fuck that deer up like no offense to anyone who does that but that's just not me man yep and that's yeah and everybody's and that's the cool part about about being a human is that you're entitled to you're entitled to have whatever opinion that it is that you yeah. wish to have even yeah. more so being an american right, right? And, oh, exactly. and not only being able to have your opinion but then be able to voice your mm-hmm. your opinion but it's it's interesting to to watch you go through that to watch you go through that path and um and get a chance to experience how that all works yeah and and be able to do it and and see a a variety of it too and be able to see the you know one side of the spectrum to the other side of the spectrum yeah um but we we just had a lot we just had so much fun this this past spring and summer like that was a a blast i remember you telling me like the middle of the time i was here you're like you're gonna look back at this and be like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) what just happened to my life and i literally like that that pops in my head like almost every day i'm just like holy shit man this year has been out of control actually march marks my four my fourth year of running a camera which is kind of interesting and you know for for some folks they think like they they get a camera and they're like, cool, I got, I can start getting work right now. Uh-huh. And I am always telling people like, just go get experience first, go fuck up on your own right. first before you go fuck up someone else's shit, because you have to remove, you need to check your ego at the door. Cause now it's your content. It's not my content. Right. Exactly. You have to do it for you. And I had to have that same mentality with Ted. And that's where I, I learned those lessons was I went there kind of like, Oh, I'm going to do all this work for Ted, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh no, that's not about me. Like, it's about him. It's about what he wants. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And I luckily made that realization while I was there. And then everything flowed so much better after mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. and that's huge. And really, you have to bring that 
into the, your entire life. Like, um, I, like you said, uh, some really awesome stuff at the end of the Teton hunt was like, you gotta be honest with yourself and like, should I be taking this animal right now? Mm-hmm. Is this a place out of ego or is it, am I doing it for the, like the animal? Like, what is it? Like, you really have to just think about the animal. You gotta mm-hmm. think about what you're doing. Can I make this shot? Can mm-hmm. I do this? Am I going to just injure this poor thing for the sake of me wanting to yep. shoot something? Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I'm learning a lot from you guys. Well, we're, I'm learning a shit ton from you too. <laughs> like, holy cow, just everything from, you know, just the short little tutorials on video editing and, yeah. and, you know, photography, setting the cameras up and making sure, cause like, I'm, I'm fascinated by that stuff too. I mean, I, I really enjoy photography, but it's one of those things that I just haven't had a chance to, to fully sink my teeth into because mm-hmm. you know like i need another another fucking hobby right oh my god i know <laughs> like at this point like this thing's not even a hobby anymore for me like i've been doing so much work that i'm i'm thinking of just taking a week off and just going doing wildlife photography again just yeah, like going cool. looking for animals and just like doing going back to my roots basically like refine why i wanted to do this so badly and and it's and really it's just Cause it gets me out in nature. Mm-hmm. That's kind of really it. It just puts me in nature where I'm the happiest. And I hope that can keep going on, especially in the world that we're in today where, you know, wildernesses are shrinking and shrinking and more mm-hmm. people are just encroaching and encroaching. Yep. And it, it's, it's sad, but I'm grateful I'm alive now Sure. to experience kind of both ends of ice. I, I like to call it kind of the ending of the 1800s and beginning of this crazy technology era we're entering. Like we're still teetering on this old cowboy thing mm-hmm. still, but at the same time we have Silicon Valley, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> it's, sure. it's a weird dynamic that we live in at the moment. Phil, what's up? You brought up a great, you brought up a great point, uh, Brian, about just hitting kind of like the reset button, taking a week off and, and, and refinding your, your passion or your, your why. Right. I think yeah. that, you know, I, I find myself doing that a lot because, you know, obviously as an instructor in the space or just a, a shooter in general, you know, I'm out going and competing and there'll be a couple of times that I, you know, I, I didn't perform as well as I wanted to. And, you know, now it's like, you know, kind of going against what Kalen always says, considering we just did a, um, a, uh, a webinar about it, but being kind to yourself and, you know, there's definitely times I'm not kind of myself and I, um, you know, I, I have to take a step back and I'll be like, all right, w- what am I doing this for? Right. And, and why do I, you know, why do I create content? Why do I tell a story? And, and that's exactly why I love, because like, when you look at like right now in the current space of like long range shooting, if you watch like videos of people shooting long range, it's pretty boring. Right. Even some of my first videos are super boring. Cause like, it's just some guy that's pulling trigger. So like now for me, at least, and, and I, I think you did a really great job with the first few videos uh, that you did with Kalen um, is that you told, you were able to paint that story very well about what long range shooting is and, and why we love to do it at modern day sniper. Cause it's not, again, it's not just pulling the trigger, but the whole mindfulness aspect behind it. Can I hit that target? And can I hit it with intention? And I do that a lot with, well, even when I'm shooting video, it's like, am I capturing the right thing for the right moment instead of just like, like, like Donnie said, capture everything, but like do it mindfully. Like 
don't capture something that is just kind of like a waste almost, if you will, like be very mindful of what you're doing. Like, is this going to tell a story? Yes or no. Mm -hmm. Go from there and instead of like wasting a whole bunch of time. And then later when you get back into the edit room, you're like, oh, fuck, like I captured all the wrong shit or I didn't capture the thing I wanted to capture or you're missing a moment. Like a lot of times when you guys were just talking, I was right there just filming it because yeah. who knows what you're going to say. Yep. And that's a, that's a huge thing. right? Well, there. the cool part was I like, I had no idea that you were even there most of the time. And yeah. You gotta be a ninja. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the, that's really a good thing. I mean, like I've done, I've done a couple of productions with the NRA where, you know, the producers looking at you and be, he's like, can you say that again? Can you do that yeah. one more time? And, and finally it just got to the point where I was like, the answer is no. Because now what I'm now what I'm doing is I'm sacrificing who I am and I'm and I'm I'm putting up this bullshit facade, mm -hmm. and I simply refuse to do that. Like not doing like right. your cameraman just needs to do better. Yes, and that's one thing that I really learned about working with you was like I would hit the record button even before you were ready. Yeah, like just in case, and that happened in the Tetons at the very end when you did your your little like montage at the end of talking. There, there was a time where like re-rolling i'm like oh, yeah the whole time like you just got to be on it and be you have to you have to think so far ahead of like okay we're sitting up the shot he's got words to say i'm just gonna hit record now like forget about burning footage like you, you bring extra cards you'll be fine mm -hmm. and just do that and i think it, you can really run that parallel in, into hunting as well and just really looking at where you're gonna be like um and i'm taking a hunter safety course too so i'm learning a lot about the um like that way of looking at hunting of like um like how far is the animal going to be what kind of ammo should i bring what kind of gun should i bring should i right. bring this or that um like is it going to be an ethical shot yes or no and you there's so many correlations with camera stuff and being prepared with that and at the same time being prepared with hunting i'm like holy shit this all yeah you can't take it back right no like, you can't you, take you it can't, back you once you do what back. you've done like yep. you have to make sure everything is you make sure all your settings are correct mm -hmm. before you pull the trigger or the shutter button like, Ugh, it's yeah. so wild mm -hmm. it's probably why i love it so much <laughs> and especially what did i do i i totally screwed something up phil like i was i did a i did an hour-long recording of a class um and i and i didn't i did something wrong i forget what it was but i was like ah well i gotta do it again it's okay like i, I i'll teach this class again i don't care yeah. but it's yeah like you said you can't take it back it is no, what it is and it sucks and i i've definitely missed like some shots because like working with ian he's very fast yeah I and can, i yep. learned to be i have to learn to be quicker johnny on the spot than him which like luckily in the san juans i was still pretty fit from the tetons and he's just running up and down mountains i'm just right behind him luckily and just recording the whole thing just because you never know like what he's gonna say what he's gonna do and then and because of those moments you're capturing like you said authentic moments mm -hmm. which translate through camera so well that it makes the story so much better. And that's how you create these awesome like movies and films that really hit someone deep down inside their heart. Cause it's like, Oh fuck, that guy's like literally real. Like he's saying what he wants to say. And yeah. you're not, you don't have, again, some producer, Hey, so uh, could we do that one more time, but maybe use a different tone. It's like, <laughs> no, no, what's wrong Never. with you? That's not yeah, going to work. That's that hard way. to do, man. It, it really is. Yeah. And you, but at the same time, you know, you got to respect those people. They're just trying to do their jobs. Right. And you know, it's just a different, it's a different look. Mm -hmm. You know, you, when you start looking for the TV show aspect of things, yeah. it's just like, nah, you can have that shit. Right. Like, no, thank you. 
Yeah, um, and me and I do that for for reco- or for carnivore. Like he has to do an intro. We'll do multiple takes. Just yeah, I was messing like- with it. I was totally messing with him. I was just like, <laughs> dude, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Come on, Ian. Yeah, no, but for that, it's for that. I can see where it's different. Like you know, we have to do something for a company. We have to like, there's other people's lives at stake as sure. well. So yeah, yeah, I have to look at it in that sense. But we're on the backcountry, and we're just like, how are you feeling today? you're just you're literally telling me how you're feeling that day and it's and it translates well and yeah i wish we can do that more yep and we will we're gonna like this is just the beginning man like this is just the this is the one year mark this is crazy i know and i've already done things that <laughs> like i can't even believe the things that i've done so far as as for work like even going to true velocity and filming full auto friday like shooting not me but watching Ian shoot a full auto machine gun i'm like what am i doing here <laughs> <laughs> oh the b meyer shoot came out we, sh- we shot machine guns that day oh yeah oh range. my god dude, the thing was crazy and yeah, lasers just, and shit yeah that was dude, pretty funny oh my god kids shooting machine guns that was the best they had those crazy little helmets on the best <laughs> <laughs> yeah you made a good video out of that too that was pretty double a video i was yeah. kind of happy with it so what's uh what's next for you man so you're hanging out here with us for a week yep. we might we might do we might do a little bit of recording who knows maybe um but uh what else y'all is- need to get some lifestyle shots of our new uh swag that we need Dude, we're supposed we have, to push oh, before, yeah. wait till you see our new t-shirts oh, i'm excited before gunny kills us yeah <laughs> i know shirty looked at me like assets 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 i'm like okay okay yeah. mom. so so just so that you guys know uh, cassandra for for our military listeners so cassandra has earned the title of the company gunny and the, she's our ops chief right she's our s3 and um she's she's the s4 she's the s3 and uh <laughs> Phil, Phil and I were talking one day and we were like, you know, you know how like when you, when you piss off the company Gunny and like, it's this like disappointing thing. Like, you know, that you just don't want to disappoint the guy. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's the same concept. <laughs> he was like, she's the company Gunny. And I was like, fuck man, she's the company Gunny. Yeah. I don't want to make her mad. She's scared. But she, she, she won't take your shit, but at the same time, you know, she will freaking work her ass off to get you what you need. Yeah. And that's, and that's the, that's the cool part about, you know, how we all work together and For real. it's been fun. It's been super fun. I like, I, I definitely need to kick in the ass sometimes. Cause especially with other, all the other projects that are going on, it's like, I get lost into that. And then it's like, Oh fuck, I gotta do this. Like, Oh fuck, I gotta do that. And she's really good at emailing me and be like, Hey bitch, we need these things right now. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to make room. Bop, yep. bop, bop, bop. There you go. Yep. We got it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, after this, um, I'm headed back down to bend to just kind of that's where you're going to kind of like chill for yeah, a while. Yeah, I'm going to be there for like a few days, hang out with some friends, just chill, just go hiking like I haven't hiked in so long. I haven't been in nature in so long. I I just need it so badly. And I'm going to do that there before I get back down to Arizona to do like I have like 12 tiny home tours to do, which is insane right now. And I'm going to be from Flagstaff to Tucson just back and forth nice. thousand freaking times, which I've, already, I've basically been living in Arizona all winter it's long. It's not a bad place to be in the wintertime. It did snow there once when I was there in Gold Canyon. That was actually pretty dope watching the Red Rocks get sprinkled on. Mm-hmm. And then being able to hang out with Ian there, staying in his place is, a lot, is really fun. And We got to go throw him out of an airplane when I'm down there in March. <laughs> we got to go finish him up. But you're down there in March? Um, we're gonna be, I'm going to be in Arizona in March. March one, uh, like end of March, Philip and I are oh. going down to teach a class. I got to be here back by like the first week of April. So I'm, I'm there on the 10th till God knows when. So, okay. Are you going to Phoenix? 
yeah, we're going to drive right through Phoenix. I'm going to grab some jumps there. Cass is probably going to grab some jumps there, meet up with my buddies from, oh, yeah. from Arizona, and then we'll cruise north. Oh, well, then you're going to have to we'll go through Sedona and Zion and all that oh, shit. Bro, I'm going to literally be on that same route. I'm okay. pretty much on right. Sedona most of the all time, right. too. All right, we're hanging out then. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the rest of my March. And then April back up to Bend and hanging out. And what other, other projects can possibly come up and I'm still learning what hunting seasons are, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Well, we're going to chase, I got, I've, I've got a spring bear tag in um, it's we're, we're looking to pull the draw here uh, within the next week or so. Mm -hmm. um, so I got a couple points for Washington spring bear um, turkey seasons coming up here in Washington. So um, I was thinking about maybe taking Luke out to do some turkey hunting. Dude, he's, be been, he's been asking about it. So yeah. we got tons of birds here in the state. So we might try come, to go. I'll just come to the backpack, man. Sump a bird or two. I just want to go sleep in the woods. <laughs> That's all I crave now. Right on. Yep. Well, all right. I think we should well, probably button this up, one up, uh, eh, Phil? I'm going to wrap this one up with uh, some housekeeping stuff for these guys. Yeah. If, you, if that's all right. Yeah. Totally. Um, considering we don't run ads, we run our own ads uh, for guys that are looking at, you know, what we're doing and stuff like that. Um, but uh, so housekeeping uh, we've got, so we finished up our first uh, Florida class and we're coming back next year. Cause that a was an awesome venue and uh, Kayla and I are going to still do a debrief on that, but Volusia County was awesome. Um, and we're coming back for next year, actually the same time frame. I think it was, we decided to, uh, uh, first week of February. So, um, but, uh, upcoming events, we've got California, like, uh, Kalen talked about, we've got a PR one-on-one with some slots open. Uh, and that is in San Diego County, North San Diego County. It's at the Paula range. And then, uh, we've got our PR two one with a few slots as well that just opened up, um, uh, PR two one, which is kind of like our advanced course slash, um competition prep competition prep and and actually Kalen and i just talked about this and Cass. We we're gonna actually change the name naming convention because you know we realize when when the people that are in the know of the industry right they know what pure 101 stands for but it's like well what if when people first go look into what long range is they don't look at nearest pure 101 course near me right right so you know <clears throat> yep. just uh, keep a lookout for that guys if you see kind of some name changing with our courses and then um, we've got, uh, Kalen's got some classes in Yakima in, in April. Got a wind clinic, Pier 101. Uh, so check out all this stuff on our website. And yeah, um, if you haven't done or so already, the Modern Day Rifleman, Modern Day Sniper subscription service is live. We are actually starting, uh, so it's March. So we're doing our March topics. Kalen is covering down on external ballistics for the tech, top, tech topic. And I'm covering down on what it means to be a rifleman for our headspace hub. So yeah, yeah man. pretty excited about that. Guys, the, 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 the subscription service, the modern day rifleman network is, is jump. It's literally jumping off the chain with people talking, conversing, communicating, building their own little community, which is just super cool to witness. Um, that thing is growing daily. Um, and the content is just going to start getting deeper and deeper and deeper. So um, if you haven't checked it out, go cruise over to moderndayrifleman.com. You can get signed up into the mighty network and you can check out the free version, um, to see what the network looks like and how it's all structured and how people communicate. It's very, very social media ish. Um, and then if you're really interested in the subscription service, then 
uh, hit the link, whether you're, uh, you know, if you're a professional, we have modern day sniper, which is, uh, just a, a group of vetted professionals that you must be a sniper or holding a sniper billet. Um, and then modern day rifleman is for our hunters, enthusiasts, and competitors. So, um, a lot of good stuff getting thrown through there. Like Philip and I, this last question and answer period, how many, we answered 30 questions in an hour and a half. And, and then, I think we answered like 10 to 12 on um, the sniper one and it lasted us an hour, Yeah, uh, but they were I good in-depth question. There wasn't just like these one-liners, right? And, nope. and that's the way, really, that's the only way you're going to get access to us now. You know, there's just so many different social media platforms and, you know, as much as I'd love to get back to you guys on modern day sniper or our personal pages, it's tough. You know what I mean? So if you guys are serious about, you know, getting some information from us, whether it be a rifle build or whatever, um, check out the, the, the modern day rifleman, um, or just, just kind of watch what content we put out there. Um, but, Every, uh, the other thing too, guys, like if you're kind of, you're, you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm on the fence. I don't know. Let's see what these guys are put out, putting out there. Realize that all of our, um, tech topics and all of our headspace hub lessons that go out the first week of every month, those are available for uh, a $25 drop-in fee. If you just want to come check the class out, but you're not really willing to commit yet to the whole membership package. I don't know why you wouldn't. It's just, it's a crazy deal. It's kind of ridiculous um, because we're just scratching the surface with those other two, uh, with those other two classes in the beginning of the month. So check that out too. And um, we got some more cool stuff coming your way, man, coming more, more digital content coming your way. Hey, Brian, um, for these guys that want to, uh, to follow you and, and, and figure out a little bit more about Brian, uh, how can they follow you? How they can get hold of you, especially if they're looking for, you know, maybe some, uh, some content creation. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm always, I love answering questions about I, camera. I could talk cameras all day long. Like, please hit me up about camera talk. <laughs> you're not lying. <laughs> like if you, if you're wanting to go in the back country and film your own thing, like I will, I will help you set up a nice kit to get out there and do it yourself kind of thing. Or if you have the budget and you want to hire me to bring me out, like, let's go. Like I've got another brand new camera I just got, which is actually it's getting the Cine raw light now, which is kind of crazy. So mm. these cameras are getting really, really, really good and it's insane so um, did you get the r5 or the r6 got the r6 um oh, for specific okay. reasons being low light capabilities um because we're outside lots of the time so it makes sense to get a camera that's better in low light um that's the tech talk i'm talking about like like what low light what is the fuck um you can follow me on instagram that's where i live pretty much um where's the schoolie w-h-e-r-e-s the s-k-o-o-l-i-e um Business stuff is on travelwestproductions.com. And where else am I? I'm on Facebook. I don't use that very much. It's kind of weird. But, or you can literally just hit up one of these guys and then follow the grapevine a little bit. But uh, yeah, Instagram is where you want to talk to me on for sure. And then from there, fuck, who knows? Right on, awesome. Man. Well, all right, guys. You're welcome. Brian, thanks for uh, uh, lending us, you know, our, our, uh, our audience and, you know, uh, to let us know who the other person in our family is. Um, definitely appreciate you being a part of the team and helping us, um, taking the chance on us. It really, it really does mean a lot. Dude, I mean, same, like, thanks for taking a chance on me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so cool that so, I'm uh, able to do this for you guys. Hey guys, if you're listening, uh, thanks again for tuning in. Um, again, all we ask is that you guys share this. If you guys like the content, uh, you know, we've got a bunch of other episodes 
especially if this is your first one to, uh, on the modern day sniper podcast, you know, we've got training topics, uh, but more so mindfulness as well, not just the shooting aspect for uh, long range shooting. So, okay, guys, we will see you guys or talk to you guys in the next podcast until then, you know, the drill, keep your face on the gun. Later on guys. See you.